I always think about the body like a bank account and that's how I explain it to my clients. So the more withdrawals you make, so going into the negative, so things like stress, you know, lack of sleep, even just training, that's obviously a stressor. So the clo- or the more of these withdrawals you make, the closer you're getting to zero. So the more deposits you make, things like recovery, self-care, and a few little tips I'll talk about now, you're actually investing into that bank account. You're putting deposits in. Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, balancers, and welcome back to episode 51 of The Balance Theory podcast. I just want to start off today's episode by thanking each and every one of you for choosing to spend your time with me and for all the love and support I've received to date. It's really, really humbling to hear how certain episodes particularly resonate with you guys or help you on your own journey to balance. So thank you so much to everyone who does come back every single week. And if this is your first time tuning in, a really warm welcome to you also. Today's little, I guess, thought of the week or thought of the day before I dive into today's guest is all about movement, which is actually quite fitting for the guests I've got on today. And just to paint the scene a little bit. So I've just gotten a new office set up at home. So I've got one of these incredible Ikea desks that's like 1.6 meters long and the whole thing's electric so it goes up and down just with the touch of a button because before I had like just an add-on to the top of my desk that I had to like manually pull up and down and there was a separate bit for your computer and your keyboard and it was all very disjointed but now I've got one flat surface and it's amazing but I find like whenever I change my desk environment my body kind of needs a hot minute to catch up and so I was experiencing some niggles and pain this week and most of you would know my partner is a chiropractor so he prescribed me some exercises and one day in this week I decided to actually really do them properly like spend 20 minutes doing all my mobility and I thought to myself this was actually really good that I took the time to do this number one because it was absolutely my homework three times a day not 20 minutes but you know just to put aside some proper time but I also always think it's one of those things I'm like oh, I don't have time for it but I can I just tell you I felt so much better for it like I had no niggles that day and it just served as a nice reminder to be really flexible with our movement it doesn't always have to be this intense workout sometimes it can just be some gentle mobility just to get the body ready for a day of sitting I know that sounds a bit weird but really our bodies are designed to move so I thought this was just a nice gentle reminder to incorporate that element of flexibility into your movement and sometimes you're just not feeling it and a little gentle kickstart is probably better for you in that moment. So anyway, I thought I'd just share that because I actually really enjoyed my mobility and I've never really replaced my morning workout with just doing mobility, but I did do that this week and really enjoyed it. So that's that from me. And as I said, that sort of leans itself really nicely to today's guest. So today I've got Georgina Claxton, who is a physiotherapist who has a special interest in women's health. And Georgina is also a clinical Pilates instructor and sports scientist. Her purpose is to make a difference and inspire others to be their most authentic selves, which I love. And it's so beautiful and shines through everything we talk about today. So Georgina and I actually went to the same school. We were a year apart and she was sort of that gal I always said hi and bye to. We're at the same parties and have just sort of kept in touch ever since. So it's really cool to see what she's doing with herself at the moment. And what I really enjoyed most about today's chat was the way Georgina took some more complex and sort of professional concepts and made them super digestible for us and our balance. So as you can see in the title, I've referred to something called dynamic equilibrium, which is a really beautiful concept that Georgina brings in to describe our balance. So you guys are going to love that bit. We also talk about tapping into our purpose 
what homeostasis has to do with balance and what the hell it actually is as well. Avoiding adrenal fatigue. So Georgina actually experienced a period of adrenal fatigue. So she speaks firsthand about this, which I found also super insightful. How to actually take things off your plate, which I feel like we always go on about it, but never really dive into the particulars of it. And why being in our optimal thriving state is actually what balance is all about. Also, just a quick little addition here. We also do a little dive into why you're just more than your title. So for example, if I ask you, what do you do or who are you? You'd probably say lawyer, teacher, I'm a carpenter, whatever resonates best with your job description. But today, Georgine and I chat about why you're so much more than what you do and what you do isn't who you are, which I absolutely love as a concept to grasp within the context of our balance. Lucky last, I asked Georgina about her thoughts on what role body image has to play in our balance. And she's also very vulnerable and raw in this space. So I just want to thank her for sharing all her wisdom and personal insights into everything we speak about today. I know you guys are going to absolutely love this chat. So take a screenshot and tag myself and Georgina, her Instagram handles in the show notes below, and let us know what you vibed with the most. I always love hearing what you guys take away from each episode because it really helps me kind of curate and do more of that content. So don't be shy. Also, just quickly, if you haven't had a chance to leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, it means the absolute difference to small independent podcasters like myself. So if you do have five minutes to spare and you do want to keep seeing this content coming, you can jump over to Apple, scroll to the bottom of the episodes and leave your thoughts there. That's it from me, guys. Let's dive straight in. Alrighty, today I'm joined by Georgina Claxton, who's an old school friend, but we've stayed in touch and our paths have now crossed and I'm delighted to have her on the podcast. So welcome, Georgina. Thanks so much for having me, Erica. Excited to be on the podcast. No, we're we're really excited to have you on. I know I'm so intrigued by all the work you're doing at the moment. So I'm really excited to get into that. But for people who may not have come across you, or this is the first time they're sort of hearing about you and your work, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with yourself? I know it's been a while since we last, um, so you know, saw each other in the flesh, especially now during COVID. Um, but yeah, I'd love to. I'd love for you to guess share a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah. So. Pretty much um, for those listening in, I've known Erica for a long time now. I actually was in the same year at school with Sonia, Erica's youngest sister. And, you know, Erica, myself and Sonia and my older sister, we were always in contact and knew each other. So, yeah, it's so crazy how we've crossed paths again. But, um, yeah, now, you know, being in Sydney, we're in lockdown. It's a great time to reconnect. So uh, pretty much what I'm doing at the moment, I'm a physiotherapist with a special interest in women's health and musculoskeletal health. And I also am a clinical Pilates instructor. So I guess that takes up my, you know, 42 hours of working time each week. But um, besides from that as well, I'm a qualified exercise sports scientist, qualified personal trainer, CrossFit level one coach. And I'm just really into a lot of women's empowerment at the moment and trying to inspire others as well. So yeah, forever keeping myself busy during lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> love that. <laughs> No, yes. <laughs> and so when you finish school, is that is that always the path you wanted to take? Or do you feel like that sort of came about as you, you know, just sort of found your own personal interests and grew into that space? Uh, great question. So yeah, definitely finishing high school. I knew I wanted to work with people. So yeah, finishing school, loved exercise as I still clearly do. Um, exercise fanatic, loved working with people. 
and just thought sports science would be a great path to go down. And then when I finished sports science at Sydney Uni, decided to go down the path of doing my master's. So I always had a rough idea, but the path of physiotherapy was still very unknown at the time. I was like, oh, I'm not too sure. Like, you know, typical in year 12, you've got so much going on. Yeah. So yeah, looking back, you know, what, seven years ago now, finishing high school, it seems sort of crazy that I'm here and yeah. probably you're the same, you know, going to uni and now working full time. Like, it's just I just crazy. can't believe it's almost been 10 years since school, really. <laughs> I know. Crazy. I, know. I really so, like that you've got the really nice combination of physio, which is more like the... I guess the, the scientific, more methodical approach, but then you also do Pilates. I think it's such a nice combination because even having done Pilates myself in the last year, I can see how beneficial it is to like your whole body movement, the, the holistic, you know, like the way your body moves and it's kind of connected. And so I think it's such a nice combination that you do both. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit about what you're doing now. And I know that you've obviously got so much on your plate. I know you're a busy, busy bee. Anyone who keeps up with you on socials as well will know that too. So I'm curious I guess, what your balance looks like within the context of building and growing. So being in this kind of growth, um, you know, educating yourself, kind of finding all these new paths and avenues and interests and tying them in with your work and having a side hustle and all these things. How do you maintain that phase without burning out? Do you have any kind of go-tos for yourself personally? Oh, definitely. So I think this has been such a big thing. And as we said, like, you know, between going to uni and juggling work and like, even just thinking back to the first point when I sort of thought I needed to find balance in my life would probably have been in undergrad at uni. So, you know, what, like five, six, seven years ago now, but yeah, I got to a point where, you know, I had so much on my plate. I felt like I was juggling so much and, you know, I did reach the point of burnout. And since then, you know, I think I got to a point, I told myself, like, I never want to be in this place again. You know, I don't want to ever feel overworked. I want to enjoy every aspect of my life. So yeah, heaps and heaps of um, like little tips and tricks I've learned, you know, whether it's been from podcasts along the way, but I'd say just really tapping into what your purpose is. So for me, defining my purpose and defining my goals and actually working out what it is I want to achieve Mm -hmm. and then going off that. So I sort of maybe like a year ago sat back and was like, what is my actual purpose? So yeah, it's so easy to be like, I'm a physio, you know, I'm a Pilates instructor, but tapping into my purpose is just seriously to inspire others, inspire other women to know that they can also, you know, tap into their potential, be their authentic self. So yeah, definitely knowing your purpose is the first thing for me and understanding why you're doing what you're doing. So, so important. And I'd also say as well, you know, balance, it's one of those words that it has such a, you know, it's such a buzzword now and people are going over such a big debate about, you know, what is balance? Does it exist? And I definitely think it does and can exist. And yeah, it's that optimal thriving state. So yeah, the more I can do little things for myself or, you know, keep my, energetic cup full whether it's you know take time out for yourself do some exercise connect with a friend I definitely say you're probably the same as me like they're little things that you can do each day to sort of take time back for you yeah rather than feeling like you're just you know constantly burning out and yeah you don't have to feel that way so I think I'm an interesting concept I'm as we said like I've also got that scientific sort of like logical background as well I was having to think like to me what is balance and you know I don't know if you've heard like about homeostasis or anyone listening's heard about it so I guess it's the set point in life like it's the set biological point we have it you know with our temperature you need that optimal state to su- survive and thrive essentially so 
yeah, homeostasis is defined as the stability attained and it's a dynamic equilibrium. It's continuous and yet yeah, forever changing. So, you know, knowing that things are going to change, like you're never going to be at that one perfect point. Life has its ups and downs, but knowing what your purpose is and coming back to that. Yeah, definitely. So whether it's been like planning or, you know, writing things out, listening to little podcasts, I think that definitely has helped along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A lot, a lot of really good points in that. Um, I like that you have almost like a pool of things that you can turn to. So I, I feel like often we can get stuck in having like, right, what are our two or three things? But I think having like a big list of things that fill your cup up is important because at different points in the, in your life, or even just like different points in the day or the month, if like you're a woman and like your hormones play a role, like you need different things. And so I think like having a big pool of things that you can rely on to sort of pull you out of burnout or avoid, you know, before you get there, I think is one thing I really like that you kind of said there. And I, I'm going to go back to what you said about purpose, because it's so important. And actually to do that on an ongoing basis as well, because, you know, when you're say a mother and your kids grow up and no longer need you, for example, maybe your core purpose of, I don't know, being a nurturer or a carer, or however you identify yourself as might change. So I really like that that forms a part of kind of before you even assess right? How am I going to avoid burnout? Well, let's just look at what my purpose is first and how I can nurture that. I think that's a really beautiful approach to balance. So I really love that you said that as well. Um, and another thing I just want to pull out from that as well is identifying that is important because like you said, we can get stuck in this rut where we just like to find ourselves based off what we're doing. So I'm a, I'm a physio, I'm a lawyer, whatever, whatever it is. And it's actually not who you are. It's something you do. It's something you may identify with or passionate or interested about, but it's not who you are. You know, there might be an aspect of that job, like, like your role, for example, it's, it's helping others, but you can do that through a lot of different ways too. So Another really, really important thing. And just before I stop rambling, just because you said so much, I just want to make sure. Oh, I, that is great. Could be chatting I all day. Wanna, <laughs> I just want to add my two cents, all the amazing things you said. But um, I think my favorite thing that you just said is this concept of dynamic equilibrium. Like I think that in itself is an, it's like an amazing summary of balance because it is an equilibrium. So this state of like balance essentially, but it's dynamic. So it's never going to be the same. Like, I love that. That's honestly like encapsulates balance. You know, like you would know, you've listened to the episodes. It's sort of like everything we harp on about, I feel like in two words. So I love that you just brought that to my attention. Definitely. And like the more I can share that because yeah, teaching clinical Pilates gives me the opportunity, you know, to have maybe four, you know, people in my class and it's not necessarily women. I've got men, you know, I teach Pilates to men as well, young and old and having that connection with people and reminding them like, you know, they're coming in for their knee or their shoulder and they're stressed about work. And they've got all these things in that energetic cup that's overflowing. And I'm like, okay, yes, you've got this problem going on with your body, but it goes so much more than that. So reminding them that, okay, yes, you're here for your body, but you know, life's much more than that. We're always going to have that dynamic equilibrium whenever yeah. in one state and life would be so boring if we were like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So do you have like, I know this is probably one of my last questions, but do you sort of have any um, non-negotiable habits that kind of help you just, you know, be authentic to who you are on a daily basis? Like things you do, not necessarily when you feel like it, it's just like, this is straight up part of your routine. So I definitely say for me, movement every single day. Now, this doesn't 
doesn't mean, you know, go out and smash yourself in the gym seven days a week. I'm definitely past those days, especially being a physio. I'm like, I got to practice what I preach, but just movement every single day, you know, whether that's a walk, some stretching mobility, doing something for your body, Mm. you know, it's so easy to just say like, you know, a rest day or take time away from that. But we we are designed essentially to move and it's so easy to make an excuse and sort of just say, you know, Netflix is calling, but the more I find I can move and do that, that just really works for me. So yeah, I found that something that's helped me so much. A few other ones, definitely cold shower can confirm makes you feel alive and awake. So that's something I've been doing every day, just getting that uncomfortable exposure. Um, And then just going into meditation, like breathwork and gratitude, they're my main ones that are non-negotiables. So every single day getting that done, you know, if I'm tired, if I'm stressed, that's my reminder. I need it more than ever. So yeah, 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 my main things, things that I go to to really help. Yeah, love that. And so you're cold showering even in winter, just confirming. (laughs) I am. And ocean swimming. So oh, I feel like, see, I feel like if I had access to the ocean right now, I could push that in the winter. I, I was really slack. I stopped my cold showers in the winter. I just, something about a hot shower. I just felt like the hot shower did more for my soul than the cold shower did for my circulation or something. Well, that's what I told myself. I know cold showers are amazing. Oh, in the morning, hot bath in the evening with a book. Oh, and a so cup you of balance tea. it out. See, perfect. All about the balance. Yeah. See, there had to be some warmth in and amongst all that. Although I must say, we've been really lucky with the cold. Like it's been quite nice here in Sydney. It's been incredible. Like today, just to make everyone jealous, like 24 degrees and sunny. So I know yeah, we're no in time. July, recording this in July. So. So good. And I love yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love always hearing, I guess, what people's morning routines are like because, again, and for everyone listening, like, you'll know, everyone that we've had on has said something completely different. And I like that because it, it kind of gives people the power to take away bits and pieces that they really like or that they want to try out. There's no, like, this is really good because it shows there's no, like, one size fits all. There's no set routine that everybody who's successful must follow. It's just, you know, take bits and pieces and work out what works for you. Like I've, you know, tried the cold showers. I've done my research. I know how good they are, but I just can't stick to them in the winter. So, you know, you got to just try what works for you. But I thanks for sharing that. No, thank you. Because, yeah, everything works different for everyone. I'm actually in a little habits group at the moment that one of my friends actually just introduced me to. So each day we'll share our habits. There's 10 of us in the group and yeah, we'll share what we did if we achieved the day, the day before. We'll do like a little tick or cross and then we sort of in inspire each other to mix up the other day like someone included a new habit that I've never even thought about before so I was trying it last week and it's sort of like okay you can try things and if they don't work for you just scrap it like like you said and I love that it's not one size fits all we're not here to follow some you know perfect recipe you mix it up you do what works for you again dynamic equilibrium every week we're going to need something different so yeah doing what works for you Yep. Love it. And actually on that point, because obviously like since you left school, I'm sure your daily routine has changed so many times when you feel like you're at a crossroads or you're ready to sort of implement something new in your routine. How do you sort of go about that? Like, is it, you just, that's it. You just sub in something and give it a go and just commit to it. Is it a process? Like, I feel like people get really tired to their morning routines, but I think it's important to have like an era of like an aura of flexibility with them almost. So something I got from Atomic Habits, which I absolutely love, and this is something that I, you know, encourage all my clients to do as well when I give them, let's say, one new exercise. I'm like, don't start or don't ever go from zero to 100 Mm. habit stack. So 
you know, I already have a coffee every morning, like love a morning coffee, love sitting down on the couch when I get up at five because I start work at six every day. So I'm like, that's my me time. I'm already going to have the coffee. So now I just add five minutes of morning meditation on to that. So my non-negotiable is when I have the coffee, I do my morning meditation rather than just saying, I'm going to start meditating half an hour in the mornings. It's unrealistic. Like I've got to be at work at six. So I'd say habit stacking is a huge one for me. Something small you're already doing, add something else onto that. It just makes it more achievable. And we know like when you hear people that are like, I'm going to go out and do all these different things. Like I'm going to achieve these huge, massive goals. It's like, okay, start with the 1%, start small and build and you're probably the same with your habits and routines and morning rituals I'm guessing and from what I've heard as well from the show you know just adding little things on rather than you know trying to reinvent the wheel absolutely and um an an area where I apply this philosophy more so is um especially with dieting I feel like people go right that's it I'm gonna snap in and do no carbs I want to lose weight and they just fully cut what they're doing and start a brand new diet whereas I feel like you should really start like easing it in because you can't just shock your body in and out of stuff. So absolutely the same would apply for your habits. And it is the 1%, you know, you slowly add on until that becomes, because you know, when you're doing something long enough and then it just feels normal and you're like, oh, wow, it's just now formed a part of my routine. And, you know, like two weeks ago, it was something I had to force myself to do. But, you know, I think once you hit that two, three week mark, you kind of work out if it's okay, is this something that's going to work for me or not? But doing it slowly gives you the time to adjust rather than sort of shock in and out so that's a really really good tip um and one to consider i guess because your routine is going to change like you'll have kids you'll move states your job will change your you know sleeping patterns might change i don't know so you've got to be like flexible with them so that's a good one and that's a great point actually i've just finished reading uh, winning by tim grover and that's another thing that i find really grounds me just getting into a book reading you know learning something new but something amazing that i took away from the book was he was saying you know we've all got our non-negotiables but we need to account for things that we can't control. So, you know, no one would have thought we'd be into lockdown 2.0 right now, you know. So rather than having your non-negotiable as I'm going to go to the gym five days a week, it should be, you know, I'm going to move five days a week. And, it, you know, parents have had to go into homeschooling. And again, I work with lots of mums. So they're coming in stress. Like I had no idea I'd have to homeschool my kids. And like you'd feel for them, yeah. but you've got to allow for that flexibility and you've got to adapt and change. And yeah, like you said, life's going to change. Routines are going to change. So rather than having these like concrete set non-negotiables, just creating healthy habits that are realistic and achievable. I always come back to, you know, again, such a um, like uni thing, but smart goals. I learned them early on and I was sort of like, oh, you know, we'd have to do them for hours in uni tutorials. And I'm like, this is such a waste of time. But the more I've been working as a physio, the more I've been like, okay, so if anyone's not, if anyone's listening and they don't know what they stand for, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. So if you're setting a goal that's, you know, not realistic, not achievable, it's like, it's just too much. You're going to feel burnt out yeah. when thinking about it. And that's the energy weight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like you're kind of not giving yourself the opportunity to properly get into it. Like you're not that you're setting yourself up for failure. I'm not saying that as though everyone who does a goal, it's not a smart goal will fail, but it does make it, it doesn't compartmentalize it. So it feels achievable. So yeah, I absolutely love smart goals too. And if we circle back to the whole, you know, food exercise thing, I did want to ask you what in your opinion does a healthy mindset with exercise and food look like? Because I think a lot of people um, may or may not, but necessarily think that, you know, you have to be 
100% clean, you know, drink all your water, have all your sleep. Like there's so many things to consider when you really look at food, hydration, sleep, exercise, um, recovery. There's just a lot involved. And so what to you actually means a healthy mindset? You know, anyone can have a healthy mindset, but what does that mean? So for me, it definitely means like if I can just pin it down to one word, it'd be wellness. So, you know, when you think about that, yes, it encompasses exercise and food and healthy mindset as well. So I definitely really, really, really nailed in on there's no quick fix. There's no one size fits all. Same as our habits, you know, everyone's going to be different. Your, you know, diet or your food that you eat is going to be different to what I eat based on, you know, your job exercise what you do that day so I definitely say we're all on our own journey and that's something so important because you know you're probably the same I've got heaps of girlfriends and even some guys messaging me like what do you eat what's your day on a plate what are your calories and I'm forever applying like I'm not going to tell you and that's not from a place of I don't want you to know it's you know you and I are essentially different you know we have to do what's right for our bodies and so for me I'd say that it's a lifestyle rather than a quick fix yeah. So yeah, I'm forever saying, don't do that eight week challenge. Don't do that juice cleanse. You know, that's seeming really like a quick fix because again, the, the brain and the, our bodies, we always want to take the path of least resistance. So the easiest, quickest fix. And, you know, like you said before, we've got to implement things and habits. So for me, it's about flexing that discipline muscle you know, putting in the, putting in the work to actually, you know, do the things that are good for us, but at the same time, don't be hard on yourself. So look, as long as you're eating the nutrients you need, getting in that variety of food, I'd say nutrition wise, that's the main thing. But I think a lot of people as well, like don't be afraid to ask someone for advice. So if it's a dietitian or, you know, a trainer, someone that actually has knowledge in the field, yeah, don't be disheartened because the worst thing is to look at someone's day on the plate on TikTok or Instagram because sometimes I look at those and I'm like, how are these people even full of that? So yeah, don't be disheartened if you feel like you're trying everything and it's just not working. Mm. Things take time. So yeah, a good support network, someone who knows what they're doing, but yeah, like a motivational sort of like quote on Instagram with a food picture or like a day on a plate, like that's not going to be your fix long-term. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you sort of brought in the concept of like a quick fix slash or versus discipline when we're talking about a healthy mindset, because when I think about being healthy, right, and and this has changed a lot in the last five years, you know, if you asked me five years ago, I would have said, you know, not eating any junk food, not drinking alcohol, exercising, like training, smashing yourself every single day, you know, all these things. But, but as I've, you know, gone through and, and I like that you've also brought in the world wellness. It's, it is more about a lifestyle and everybody's lifestyle looks different. If you live near a beach, it's going to be different. Someone who lives in the suburbs, if you know, you enjoy being outdoors or being indoors, introverted, extroverted, our lifestyles are so different. And so your what a healthy mindset means to you is really going to be super unique as well. And obviously everybody knows what they need to do to be healthy. But I think those concepts of discipline and restriction and, flexibility play a big, big role in that. So I fully with you on everything that you've said there. And um, a big one for me is the no guilt. I think having a healthy mindset is living a guilt-free life. So that's if I train or not, I don't feel guilty about it. Sometimes the healthiest thing for me is to have an ice cream and have a massive smile on my face. And sometimes it is, I just need to eat clean for a day and cleanse my body, you know, and it's just about 
having that flexibility with yourself and your relationship with your health. I think for anybody listening who may feel that restriction or guilt right now, like I've been there, I fully understand, you know, how it's so easy to get caught up in these things, especially Georgie, like you were saying with all these people on social media posting their day on a plate, um, you know, it's, it's unrealistic to look up to that and think that that is the gold standard. It might be perfect for that person and work for them. And, you know, people love sharing what they do. And I think it's a great way. Yeah. I love, I I love seeing it, but you can't let that consume you. And then, you know, a byproduct of that be you being guilty, you know, but you can definitely use it as inspiration. And like you said, reach out to people, but of course don't ask Georgina what she eats in a day. She will not tell you. (laughs) I'll share some snippets on my story. Definitely. (laughs) But yeah, I love that, you know, you shared your own journey about how like, and you said that what you've done to change. And I'm definitely the same. You know, I saw a friend the other day and they were like, you know, I used to ask you when I was eating lunch, you know, I'd be at uni and I would eat carrot sticks and a salad. And that was it from eight to five. And then now I'm eating lunch and they're like, wow, like, are you going to eat all that? So definitely like, I feel like my journey probably over like the past, I'd say two and a half years like, has changed so, so much. So yeah, myself, like after going through adrenal fatigue and hormonal imbalance, I know that's such a common thing for women. And like, I've had girls message me and be like, is it normal to feel like this? And I'm like, no, I've been there. You know, it's common, but it's not normal. Feeling like, excuse my language, feeling like shit is not normal. Yes, it's common, but yeah, it's definitely not normal to feel burnt out or run down. And you know, what's normal and what's to you know, you can live a life where you feel great, where you feel energetic, where, you know, you wake up and you have the capacity to inspire others and help when you feel like rubbish all the time. If you're restricting yourself, you know, if you're binging, if you're on 1000 calorie diets, if you're exercising, you know, five hours a day, there's athletes who can do that. Great. But if you're trying to balance a full-time job, you know, relationships, friendships, social life, you know, adding in there, like nothing wrong with going out for an Aperol spritz and pizza because who doesn't love that? Absolutely. We need to go get one. (laughs) Yeah. And make that too while we're at it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, if you can, honestly, when it comes to your exercise and your food, if you can stay in your lane and just do what's right for you. And at the same time, don't tell other people that they're doing too much or not enough. Like, you know, if you're dealing with something on your own, deal with it. If you need to get help, talk to someone, whether that's professional help, whether that's a friend, whether that's someone who's dealt with it, like reaching out to me or like, I'm sure you're more than happy to as well. I'm always happy to chat about this. It's my favorite thing, favorite topic to talk about. So yeah, I'd say like that and exercise, but especially with exercise, that's a huge one. And, you know, for me to say one of my habits or one of my non-negotiables is movement. It can also be, you know, avoiding taking it too far because exercise, you've got all those good endorphins. I feel best when I'm like in a sweaty workout, you know, with friends, cheering each other on, lifting barbells, like on my salt bike. That's when I'm, you know, at my peak. But at the same time, sometimes it can be hard to stop and recognize like when is it too much? So like just recognizing signs of burnout. Are you going into every workout sore? Are you... Planning is a huge thing for that. So, you know, writing out your week, what you're going to do, setting those little goals can be so much better than, you know, getting to Friday and being like, oh, I've exercised for three hours each day. I'm feeling burnt out. I don't have energy to go out on the weekend or, you know, it's Friday and I haven't done anything. So yeah, you can definitely have balance if you plan and you set realistic and achievable goals. 
Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, would you mind telling me a little bit more about your uh, adrenal fatigue situation, sort of like how you were feeling, how you identified that you were there? Because I feel like, I don't know if I've, I mean, I haven't looked into it enough to maybe label that that's what I felt, but I definitely went through a period of burnout where I just was trying to do all the things, you know, I was just trying to exercise every day. I was trying to calorie count. I was trying to have a social life and I was totally burnt out because I was working a lot. I was studying full time. And so for you personally, I'm just curious, sort of what was the sign for you and, and how did you kind of get out of that? What, what sort of, what helped you kind of get out of that burnout? So I'd say the first sign is just, I was waking up exhausted every day and I'm like, I'm usually a pretty energetic person and yeah, just like feeling exhausted during workouts. My performance was getting so much worse. I was hungry 24 seven and just, you know, forever binging on food and just like had a pretty bad relationship with exercise and food. And I felt like if I wasn't, you know, same as what you said, like clean eating or exercising 24 seven, I was doing the wrong thing, but then it got to a point, I didn't have that capacity anymore to do that. And yeah, I just felt like I literally, I was like, I can't function like this anymore. I'm exhausted. I don't want to go and see friends. I don't want to maintain relationships. Like I'm just burning myself, as they say, like burning the stick, burning the candle at both ends. So yeah, I just think they were the first signs, severe acne, like my skin was breaking out. I had hair thinning. So yeah, lost my hair to be really, really thick. And then yeah, had so much hair loss, um, just yet yeah, putting on weight that I was like unable to explain. And yeah, I saw these things and, you know, at first I was like, okay, you know, it's all right. I'm just busy. It's normal. I'll just keep pushing through. But the more I pushed through, the more I was like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. Like yeah. something's definitely wrong. I've got to get on top of this. Why is my skin breaking out 24 seven? Why is my hair thinning? Like, why do I have absolutely no energy? And yet got some blood tests done. And I'd, I remember sitting there and this holistic health practitioner was like, are you tired? And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And she's like, because your hormones and like your iron and everything that we've tested, she's like, you know, someone would be it's really tired. And I'm like, you're right. I'm exhausted. So yeah, I think taking a little bit of time away from everything, you know, I just took, stepped back a little bit, took out a day of, you know, high intensity exercise, replaced it with, you know, one Pilates session a week or a walk, and then did a bit more time journaling, meditation, like picked up that side of things. And now I definitely have more of a capacity to go and do the things I love, hang out with friends, you know, I'm more fueled throughout the day, but yeah, it's so important to know that if you are feeling like that, it's not normal and you don't have to live with that. Like, the more you keep just pushing and pushing and pushing, the more you're just resisting goodness to come into your life. So yeah, it's like, you want to have that abundance mindset rather than like more, 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 more. I need to keep pushing. Otherwise I'm not going to achieve anything because it's not true. And I'm sure again, you've probably been through all this in terms of like work and study and relationships and all of that, like all those little entities in our life. But yeah, to actually sit down and take a moment and objectively assess yourself and where you're at and be like, okay, how am I feeling? And whether it's you journal about it, you call a friend, you know, that's another thing that's helped me through talking to people about it and calling friends and being like, why do I feel this way? And they're like, it's normal. You know, you just need to take time out. Yeah. So yeah, you absolutely. know, if it's so important to just stop and take a moment and get the help you need. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something so empowering about knowing, especially if you're listening and you are in that place now and look, it's not like you're there and then you get out and you're sweet forever. Like there'll be moments in life that, you know, things just build up. Like my partner and I always say we we're good and then things just pile up. And then it's like all these family things that we didn't foresee pile up too. And then like, we're back, back to like a crazy weekend again out of nowhere. And so like these moments do come up. So you don't need to feel guilty when they do, but I love that thing of just looking at what's on your plate and going, okay, what can I take off? Because the beauty in that is you then actually have so much more to give to the other things. So you feel like you're doing less, but you're doing more with the things you've got. And that's what I've um, kind of felt like during this lockdown as well. Like, yes, I'm seeing less people or talking to less people, you know, interacting with a lesser amount of people, but with those people, I'm more present. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like it's the same with your routine, you know, taking things off when it feels like too much just means you have more, you have more capacity to give back to the things that you're actually doing, doing them properly. And then once you reestablish that baseline, then you can go and add more on top. So couldn't agree more with everything you just said too. Dynamic equilibrium, right? You know, that's it. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, the next thing I sort of wanted to ask you about was this concept of body image. Now I know you're, lot, you're doing a lot of work with like women's health um, and you work like, you, I know you work with a range of people, but I know your particular interest in further study is, is within that space. And so I was just curious, do you think, and mind you, I haven't actually taken any time to think about this question myself because I really wanted to come into this raw and hear your honest thoughts on it. Do you think that body image has any role to play in the concept of balance at all? 100%. Like, oh, I think that this is underpinning balance for all women out there. So tell me more. Yeah, great questions. My biggest take on this, and it sort of goes back to like that exercise and food and all that mindset. But if we are spending all of our time obsessing over our bodies, if we are spending all of our time hating ourselves, we don't have time to give to other areas of our life. So how can we essentially have balance if we're just constantly, you know, picking out all the flaws of ourselves and not actually appreciating who we are or taking time out to recognize all our good traits and all of the qualities we have, then yeah, of course, you're going to be feeling like, you know, you're burnt out, you're hating life. You're not actually enjoying anything you're doing. But yeah, I think like I was saying before about like two and a half years ago, I went through something pretty major in my life and, like ending a relationship that I was in for a long time. And then I sort of stepped down and I was like, who am I really? Like, who am I? What do I value? And how can I sort of grow into me? And body image really came up, you know, starting to go out more and see other people, like other friends and see other people's bodies. And you're like, okay, it's just time to get really confident in myself. So I've definitely worked hard over the past few years to get confident in saying that though I'm very lucky I had a mother growing up who told me every day like you know you're beautiful you're magnificent so I definitely think I'm lucky right back at your girlfriend (laughs) and yeah I think I'm very very lucky from a young age to have those affirmations because I know later in life a lot of women are only now starting affirmations and one I say to myself every morning is you're enough you're amazing in everything you do and who you are but yeah, I think it plays a huge part in the concept of balance. So yeah, if you're forever hating yourself and you're not actually taking time to love yourself, it's just going to make it really hard to enjoy every aspect of life. And as we said, balance is that dynamic equilibrium. It's forever changing. But I think if you can just take time to actually start to invest in you and loving yourself, 
flaws and all, like own everything about yourself, you can then spend time and put that energy into other areas of your life. So yeah, I think I got to an, um, I'd call it an IDGAF moment in my life. So (laughs) I got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to, you know, go for a run in a crop top. I'm going to go and do things. I'm going to own my body for what it is. And I have days I wake up and I'm like, my body ain't perfect today, but whose is, and that's the beauty. We all go through it. There's no one that's immune. No woman or man is immune to, you know, starting life without any sort of body image issues in my personal opinion. I think we all go through something and it's so vulnerable about that. So everyone can know that it's something we deal with, but it's not something you have to live with forever in my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more, but I actually, I think this whole concept is really interesting because I think the, you ask somebody, right, what's, what's the perfect body or what do you think it would be the best body? The answer will be so different to somebody else's and everybody's is conditioned on, you know, whoever they're following on Instagram, whatever their personal interests are, whatever they're attracted to, right? Like we all also are attracted to different types of people, different genders, different physical attributes, different personality traits, all these different things. So of course, what we then internalize as perfection is also going to be different. So I think one thing to remember is like your ideal of perfection is only yours, right? And you've only got yourself to measure up against, which in a way is kind of freeing. Cause I think when we get caught and I like, I've been there, especially going to like an all girls school as well, growing up in that environment can be quite toxic in and of itself. You definitely go through those things. But as you get older, and once you realize you're really just pinning yourself against yourself, in a way, it's the best case scenario, because you can then change the meaning of what that framework looks like. But one thing that just came to mind when you were talking about body image in the context of balance, and, you know, not, I guess this, it's, it sort of sits at, I'm not happy with myself. Right. And I think if we, if we want a visual of that, that's actually emptying your cup the wrong way, right? You're not filling it. You're emptying it. You're take, you're actually pulling away from your energy and, and the things you have to give and what you have to offer because you're, you know, just putting all that negative energy against yourself. So I think a way we can look at that, if we want to look at it in the context of balance and we all forever going on about filling up your cup and overflowing the cup, that's actually yeah. taking away, you know, in its simplest form. Big time. And I believe like I live by the quote, energy is everything. And we know from physics, if I'm going to be a true nerd, like energy can't be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred. So if you're just every interaction you're having, like I have it all the time where people or women come up to me and they're like, oh, I'm just hate my body. I jumped on the scales again. And, you know, I feel like rubbish today. And I'm like, you're bringing that energy into the conversation. Now, I'm not saying don't whinge, but I'm saying be mindful of the energy you're bringing into the conversations. Can you elevate it? Can you lift those vibrations higher? If so, great. But like you said, you know, if that energy is there and you're just emptying from your cup by hating everything about yourself, then how can you have that space and hold it for others? So I really found the moment I started to actually love me for me. And I know that sounds a bit cliche, but it's actually true when you can you know, really start to love yourself for who you are, you can hold space for others. And I think that comes down to, and great point, like going to an all girls high school can definitely be toxic. You know, it can be so common once girls start to get to that, like year eight, year nine stage of that bitching and, you know, little clicks and circles. And I'm definitely at the point in my life, like, you know, and it seems like you're the same, like so easygoing, like so many different friends, people of different ages and genders. Like it's just so important to have that mix in life. But 
yeah, if you're just hating on everyone else around you and you're hating yourself, that energy is just emptying your cup. And there is so much more to life and so much abundance that we have and so much self-awareness that you can actually tap into. So you're aware how others feel rather than just, you know, dimming your vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a nice add on to that or just extra comment would be like to not hold judgment to other people who may not have space for you because that just might mean they don't have space for themselves, you know, and it's, it's a gentle reminder, you know, but people's again, relationship with their healthy mindset or what healthiness is to them is different to yours. And so just be weary of, you know, that judgment piece, like at, at the moment, even like, are you looking at how much other people are exercising, you know, during during the day or what they're eating or things they're posting online during this lockdown and comparing yourself, you know, like, is that conducive? to your own idea of balance. And, and yeah, just a nice reminder to, I guess, if you want to ha- be that kind of person that has that space for yourself and others, if other people don't have that, then just to not hold judgment. I think that's a, a big one. Whenever we're talking about our own balance to just honor the fact that, you know, someone else is going to look completely different too. And I love that point about no judgment, because if you are judging someone you're coming and then you try to help them. You're coming from a place of judgment. And that's felt, you know, if you come from a place of love, again, that is felt energy, you know, it's everything and it's felt in every experience we have. So yeah, if you can't hold space for someone, okay, that's fine. But yeah, don't just come in and judge others and hate what they're doing. If you don't like something, you know, I always say, if you don't like what I'm posting, just unfollow me. I don't care. I don't know who follows me. I think it got to a point a couple of years ago. I'm like, I just don't care. Like if you don't like what I'm posting, mute me, unfollow me. We're cool. I'll still do me. You do you. But yeah, if you're working through your own stuff and you can't hold space for others, that's fine. But then don't take that on someone else's journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And before I let you go, I wanted to ask you something a little more into, I guess, your day-to-day work, which is on injury prevention or or rehab, those sorts of things. And I wanted to throw in the little concept of how we can keep balance up in our exercise regimes. So I think we're always really quick to be reactive, you know, have, have your, have your rest days because you might be sore from your whole week or have your ice baths, have your cold showers, do saunas, all those things to sort of help the muscles relax. But why don't we talk about, you know, being proactive? Is there anything people can do? So this, this would be for someone who's exercising regularly, I'd say. Are there things they can do on an ongoing basis to be a little bit more proactive when it comes to injury prevention? Definitely. So I always think about the body like a bank account, and that's how I explain it to my clients. So the more withdrawals you make, so going into the negative, so things like stress, you know, lack of sleep, even just training, that's obviously a stressor. So the clo- or the more of these withdrawals you make, the closer you're getting to zero. So the more deposits you make, things like recovery, self-care, and a few little tips I'll talk about now, you're actually investing into that bank account. You're putting deposits in. So ways you can make deposits, first would be avoid doing too much too soon. So I'd say... Most of the injuries I see in the clinic are people, you know, who have just gone out too hot, lockdowns happened, and they've gone from running once a week to running every single day or, you know, pre-lockdown, people were doing CrossFit with me, going from doing one workout a week to every single day. So again, mostly overload injuries compared to things like trauma, like a fracture. So yeah, I'd say planning out what you're doing first. So have a clear schedule on what you're going to do and just avoid doing too much too soon and it's like that one percent sorry it's like that one percent you know like just start easing into it rather than 100 percent all at once 
Exactly. So rather than going out hot and doing something every single day, have a little bit more variety in your schedule. So yeah, avoiding that sort of, I guess, burnout and having a bit more balance in your training because you don't want to go on Monday and train for eight hours and then Tuesday comes and you're like, I'm cooked for the rest of the week now for the, you know, literally, you know, by choice or by force sit on the couch because you can't walk. So yeah, having balance in your training, making sure that you're doing a mix of things to keep yourself, you know, having that consistent input. But I'd also say something that's really important as well is actually taking time out to look after your body. So I love soft tissue releases. If you follow me on Instagram, you know, I've been posting heaps of just like little releases at the moment. So you know, you can do this yourself at home, especially in lockdown, buy a foam roller, buy a lacrosse ball. It's just a great way to have a, like that neurophysiological change through your muscles, essentially downregulate your nervous system. And not only is it good for your muscles, it's just good to take some time out. And usually it forces you to breathe or grunt pretty heavily. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say foam roller is a bit of a love hate. <laughs> Definitely. But I promise you, so I've been doing it every day for about two years now and I'm obsessed like I love it it's my favorite part of the day so maybe I've been in lockdown too long but yeah I think it's just so important to actually take some time out but if you have the luxury of actually seeing a clinician so especially this is more on the um you know okay you've got a niggle now before it turns into a full bone injury go see a health practitioner that's what we're there for so I've seen Erica, your partner, and for as the Cairo before. So yeah, like just getting on top of little things early actually helped me prevent something that could have been even bigger or, you know, getting regular massages, seeing your physio when you have a niggle come up, like just get on top of stuff. So it doesn't lead to something even bigger. Yeah. I love that point, especially. And one thing we always say with motors, like in the clinic is like with your car, you take it regularly to get service. You don't wait till it breaks down or same with your teeth. You you brush it regularly in between your appointments, right? But you've got that ongoing care. So, you know, I think that ongoing body care is so important and whether that looks like, you know, getting on top of a niggle first thing or getting a massage when you're super tight or foam rolling at home by yourself or stretching, whatever that looks like for you, that, that regular body care for to be proactive, it's almost like it totally makes sense when you think about it. Cause it's like, you don't wait for your car to break down to take it to the mechanic. Like you literally take it on an ongoing basis. And so I, I really like that point when looking at our bodies, which do so much more for us in our car and back to your point about it being a bank account, I would actually say like, you know, you were saying, you are talking about like the things that act as deposits and credits in our account. I think unlike a bank account or well, depending on your, on your uh, lender, I think your body can also go into negative, which is where you experience burnout. You make way too many withdrawals, you know, like bank, your bank account won't do that zero and it's done. But I think the body will, can actually go past that point of zero. And that's where you've got to be really cautious. So I guess also another thing on that would be like, identify where your ground base is, you know, at that point where you're not prepared to go any further, it's danger zone. It's, you know, that's when you need intervention when you really can't, you know, and, and not to say like there'll be traumatic things in life, you know, hopefully for people will be fewer rather than more, but there'll be things where you are pushed into those moments and you will need external help. But I think 
just looking at yourself on like your own weekly basis, like knowing where that level is. Like I myself know I can, I can feel myself when I start getting stressed or a little bit overwhelmed. I can see the quality of my sleep's impacted. I can see I've got a very short attention span with people around me or even at night at home or, you know, like I'm not focusing as much. So just like, you know, identifying those small things before they get to zero and getting on top of those in and amongst, you know, regular body care and all that, I think are all really, really good, you know, proactive tips. Absolutely. Definitely. And stress is a huge driver. We know like when you're stressed, our nervous system is essentially primed for pain. So if you think about like a paper cut, something so small can feel so terrible. And that's if you're already stressed and, you know, something tiny happens, a tiny little injury happens to you at the gym, it's going to feel pretty bad. One, yeah, because it's an acute injury, but two, that stress is priming the nervous system to have that increased pain signal. And, you know, I'm not going to go all pain science now. That's an episode for another day because I could be here for hours talking about it. But the more stressed you are and the more withdrawals you're taking, unfortunately, you can't fight that. If you're not taking the time out, you know, if you're not prioritizing eight hours sleep or hydration is a big one, or you're not moving through full range of motion, if you're, you know, saying, I don't have time to actually, you know, gain full range of motion or do a bit of activation before class or do your rehab, then you shouldn't be prioritizing time to go flog yourself in the gym because it's the little things that lead to the big things. And I loved the point that you made earlier about like taking care of your body. Like it's a car agreed. Like, would you rather have some, you know, dodgy secondhand old, old car, or would you rather have a Ferrari where you're fueling it? You know, you're taking no, care of it. You're yeah. taking it I would rather the beautiful luxury car. So yeah, exactly. If you're treating your body like a car, you're getting regular services and you're asking professionals for help, you know, athletes get treatments twice a day. So don't ever feel guilty for, you know, going and seeing a physio or going and getting a massage from a massage therapist or going to the Cairo because essentially the more deposits you can make, like you said, the higher we're going to get that number and the better you're going to feel in everyday life as well. So yeah, Absolutely. all about integration and having that balance through training as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing you just mentioned there, um, I really like that idea. You know, when you say like, oh, I don't have time for it. Like I don't have time to do a proper warm up, or I don't have time. Well, absolutely. Then if you don't have time to do the things that really are more essential, like your rehab and stuff like that. Like I remember even sometimes, and you know, I've had like a neck pain because I've changed my office setup or whatever, and I'm getting used to it or I'm not sitting properly. Yeah. Right. And Anja said to me, you know, you got to do this neck exercise three times a day. And I'm thinking far out three times a day. Like that's a lot. Like I don't have time for that. But it's like, if I don't have time to do that, then I shouldn't be making, how can I make an, find an hour to go to the gym and then to do my groceries and cook dinner? You know, it's all about that prioritizing. And sometimes those things that are like homeworky style or that feel like a little bit more onerous, sometimes they're the ones that need to be prioritized. And I think sometimes you have to make a careful judgment, like, okay, for my body's balance, you know, I need to, then that's when we go back to, you know, as we were saying before, like you take off your plate so you can add on the things that actually fuel you and give you more energy in those areas of your life. And then you can go back to, you know, your normal dynamic equilibrium. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be boring. You know, if you go and see someone that can actually give you exercises that are related to what you're doing. And, you know, sometimes I think we get really fixed on, oh, like, 
you know, these neck exercises are boring. And I have people come, they're like, oh, these are so boring. But I'm like, you brush your teeth every day. You know, you brush your hair each day. You have a shower. These are just things essentially you've got to do. So yeah, it's just prioritizing and being consistent with that. We know that consistency is key to get any result you want really. So yeah, it's definitely finding that balance though. I think, yeah, we can all be guilty of being like, oh, I'm just going to go and, you know, go out for a 10K run and not do the activation. But yeah, exactly. It comes down to, is that sustainable long-term, not in the long run no so yeah prioritizing what's most important for you and your body absolutely and I think that's a wonderful place to leave it on but we might have to get you back on to a whole episode about pain I think that would be really really interesting but for people who have loved this episode and want to connect with you a little bit more and I guess follow your journey and all the things that you're learning and researching and sharing because you do share a lot of amazing content where's the best place that they can reach out so I'd say Instagram is probably the best Um, my handle is Georgie Claxton And yeah, that's where I'm on the most forever sharing me doing the same thing because consistency is key, right? But also we're in lockdown. (laughs) There's not much else to do except exercise and cook new meals. And actually there's heaps to do. I shouldn't complain. So yeah, I'm on there a fair bit and always happy for people to reach out if they want to chat and chat more about anything I mentioned today. Always here as a listening ear. Love that. Well, I will definitely pop links to your Instagram below, but I just want to thank you so much for your time. I learned a lot. I know our listeners would have gotten a lot out of today and it was really nice catching up. So great to see you, Erica. Thanks so much. And I'll see you soon. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, 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 stop.